Welcome to Season A of Sashimi. For Episode 7, I interviewed Anadelia Fadeev, Director of Demand Generation and Growth at Teleport. Teleport is a Kleiner Perkins-backed software company that allows engineers and security professionals to unify access to servers, web applications, and databases. We discussed lead generation and brand awareness, how Anadelia measures effectiveness of campaigns, and online tools she uses. Lastly, we went through a case study, how to launch a new campaign for a specific industry. Enjoy. Anadelia, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, we're obviously going to be talking about demand generation today. But before we start, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a few words about Teleport? Um, I am the director of demand generation at Teleport. Prior to that, my experience is all in B2B marketing tech startups, uh, mostly focused on demand generation. And I studied marketing for my undergrad and master's. So as you can tell, I'm a big fan of marketing. And Teleport is a software company that's headquartered in Oakland. What we do is we allow engineers and security professionals to securely access their computing resources. So things like servers, applications, and databases. So obviously, this might be a little bit technical, but let's just imagine you explaining the value proposition of the software to a five-year-old. How would you explain it? Think of your driver's license. This is a way for you to verify your identity, that you are who you say you are, and that you are authorized to drive a certain type of vehicle, right? Whether it's motorcycle or uh, a regular car. So Teleport provides secure access to computing resources in the same way in that it it allows you to um, verify your identity and to verify the types of, of resources that you have access to. Got it. So who is a typical buyer of the software? Is it the engineers themselves or it's a CTO? I would say there's two buyers. There's definitely the engineers themselves. What they need is access that doesn't get in a way that works with their existing workflow. Um, But then we also have security professionals. And these are people that want to get visibility into who actually is accessing those resources and what are they doing when they're accessing them. Can you tell me a little bit about the pricing of the offering? Yeah, so we have uh, three ways that you can get started with Teleport. We are open source, so you can always get Teleport for free using the community version. We also have a pro offering, um, and this is for teams that are getting started. And the prices, it starts at $250 a month. Um, And then we have an enterprise offering. So this is for larger teams who have many resources. And the pricing there is based on the number of resources that you need to access, but it starts at $24,000 a year. And who do you guys compete against? Some of the competitors that we have in our space are HashiCorp, Okta, even Amazon. I mean, these are companies that have multiple products and multiple offerings. So one of them competes with us. We focus solely on secure access. So now we established what you guys do and the pricing model, and we have a pretty good idea of the target audience. Now, tell me about your role, Director of Demand Generation. What do you do and uh, how do you do it? My goal really is to drive awareness and interest in Teleport. And at the end of the day, that really means generating revenue, right? If you're introducing Teleport to someone that might have need for it, they'll likely be interested in buying it. So the two areas of focus and demand generation for me is brand awareness, and then I would say a more traditional sort of lead gen type. Let's talk about brand awareness. What do you do in order for your potential clients to know about Teleport? 
I mean, the goal really is to let the world know that you exist and educate them on what it is that you do and how you can help solve some of their problems. And I would say this is this is the biggest area out of the two that I mentioned because it involves a lot of education. So when I think about brand awareness, there's two aspects to it. There's one that's inbound. So getting people to come to you. This is in, in the form of website traffic. So if you look at website traffic, there's two ways to drive more traffic to your website. One would be organic. So things like social media, having a presence on social media where you're sharing interesting, relevant content, people like you, they start following you, and then they'll start looking at what else you have. So they want to visit your site. And then on your site itself is producing a lot of content. This could be blog content, things that are people will find relevant and educational, but that also rank high on search engines. So when someone searches for a specific thing that relates to something that you solve, that you want to show up on those search results. And the idea here is to give people something of value and start building trust that you are the expert in your uh, in this domain. So that's organic. Uh, there's also paid. So there's ways to generate website traffic through paid channels like digital advertising. So things like Google ads, Twitter, LinkedIn are ways to get your content in front of someone and get them to come to your website. So that covers inbound. And then there's also an outbound portion of this. So in addition, to trying to get people to come to you, try to find them where they are spending their time, right? So when we think about the ways that we can engage with people uh, through Outbound, there's online ways. Virtual events is a big one right now. You can place contributed content on third-party sites. You can sponsor newsletters and podcasts. Again, finding people where they're spending their time. And then also offline, going to conferences, going to meetups, some companies do print ads, really depends on what makes sense for you. But those are the ways through inbound and outbound that you're getting out there and getting your brand in front of your target audience. Let's talk a little bit about inbound uh, website traffic. Who creates this content? Is it you who writes the article and uh, white papers or it's uh, somebody on your team? For our company, since we are speaking to engineers and developers, it wouldn't make sense for a marketing person to be writing something. We want something that will be valuable, that's highly technical. So in our case, our product team is is producing this content, especially when we're thinking about things like blogs and tech papers. There are other aspects of the website that require content that could be produced by marketing, but I would say the majority of this specific content is done by our engineers. So your engineers do uh, two things. They do actual engineering stuff, R&D, and they also create content for you. Yeah. I mean, who better to understand an engineer than someone that is in that position? In companies in our space, hire DevRel teams that is a function that sort of sits between engineering and marketing. And they, they're highly technical people with engineering backgrounds whose primary focus is to produce this type of content, is to go speak at events, to create tutorials and workshops. So that's something that we're definitely building and we're actively hiring for. Oh, you also mentioned the, the paid advertising. I'm wondering if you have noticed particular channel providing more ROI? It's early stages for us, so it's a little bit too soon to tell. But speaking to others in a similar industry, I'm surprised to hear, I've actually heard people now say that Facebook is a really good channel for them, which surprises me. But, you know, I, I think every company is different, so you have to try them all and see what works. So we discussed brand awareness, and let's now talk about lead generation. Lead generation, this term, I don't, it used to be more, more widely used like lead gen, but I think it, it takes away a little bit of the value, right? Because what is a lead? 
if a lead is an email address, then there are several ways of getting email addresses, but whether they're relevant or not to you and they're interested in even hearing from you is a different story. But when we think about capturing people's contact information or giving them a way to show intent or interest, I would say it's all about creating an offer that someone will find valuable enough that they would want to start engaging with you in that way. So for a traditional go-to-market, you would see things like gated content, you know, like eBooks, tech papers, you would see maybe webinars or lunch and learn events. But for product-led growth companies, the offer could be a sign-up to your product. For us, it's a combination of both since we do have uh, enterprise and we also have pro, which allows for both. And how do you measure the effectiveness of both brand awareness and lead generation? Do you use some KPIs? Yeah, yeah. So on the brand awareness side, no, I think the first thing to know is that you have to be okay with understanding that not everything can be measured. For example, maybe you sponsored a conference where you had a a booth and a large presence. Things that can be measured are the number of people you talk to or the number of badges that you scanned. Things that cannot be measured are someone walked by your booth and reading your banner, but not interacting with you there. And then they go and search you up on Google and do their own research or maybe tell a friend, right? Like, so... Knowing that there are some things cannot be measured and of the ones that can, website traffic is is my biggest one. So looking at how many people are coming to your site, what pages are they visiting, how much time are they spending per session, how many pages do they view per session, what sources are driving that traffic, what is the bounce rate, like all of those data points tell you whether or not you're driving the right people to your site, right? If they're bouncing and they're not reading your content, maybe they're not finding relevant or maybe... The right people are coming, but they're not spending a lot of time. So you have to revisit some of your messaging. So website traffic is the biggest one of the things that you can measure for brand awareness. And uh, lead generation is obviously leads, right? And how do you define leads at Teleport again? Yeah. So, you know, for sort of the, again, the traditional go-to-market, it would be just content interactions. So when you think about it as a funnel shape, at the very top of the funnel, it would be inquiry. So how many people are signing up for your webinars? How many people want to receive your newsletter? And then you follow those further down the funnel. Out of those people, how many become marketing qualified leads? How many end up getting accepted by by sales? And then how many turn into meetings? For a more product-led growth, you're looking at product signups. And then if you also think about it as a funnel, then you want to look at how many of them are activating their account. Maybe they're adding more features or buying more products. I'm curious, what's in your tech stack? Um, Obviously, Google Analytics, I talked a lot about website traffic. So being able to get that level of visibility into who's coming to your site. Once they're on your site, I think website chat is important because it gives your prospects a way to to have a conversation with you. So I like website chat. I've used Intercom and Drift in the past. I think they're both great. And then having tools like Marketo and Salesforce. So again, we talked about conversion points. You know, Marketo allows you to have forms on your site that people can submit their contact information uh, to sign up for a webinar, to download a resource. And then Salesforce allows you to, again, kind of measure where they are in their life cycle, what's going on, are they converting into opportunities, and so forth. Another tool that I can't live without is Lucidchart. I love it. Um, I don't know if you've used it, but flowcharts, I am a visual person. So when you're planning campaigns or where you're thinking about what is the ideal customer journey, like having a way to create a flowchart that shows you a visual of that is super, super helpful. 
But I would say on the tech stack overall, I like to start lean. It's really easy to continue to add more tools, but it's really hard to get out of contracts or edit out. So definitely start lean. Think about what it is that you're trying to accomplish and base your tech stack decisions on that. Why don't we pick one activity that you typically use for either brand awareness or lead generation and walk me through the whole process? Let's use it as a case study. Yeah, sounds good. So something that I can walk you through is launching a new campaign. You know, we have this concept of of having different campaigns that, and what it does, it's help you focus in on a specific use case or maybe a specific audience that you want to target. So in this case, we can talk about targeting fintech companies. That's a campaign that I would be interested in running. So how do I get started with that? First of all, I need to work with product marketing to help me understand who are the buyers. Does that change when we look at people in the specific vertical? Do the job titles change? compared to, you know, just kind of broadly looking at all software companies, do the pain points they have change? And this could be true, right? Like fintech companies work with a lot of sensitive data that requires some additional level of security. So they might have different pain points that someone in a different industry might have. And then how do we solve them? This could be just our our usual value prop, but maybe there are different ways that we can describe it that explains it better to someone that works for a fintech company. So now that we have that data, and this is where we work closely with product marketing to understand the personas and the buyers, now that we know this information, how do we actually reach this audience? Are there any special conferences out there? So for example, later this year, there's a fintech DevCon event. So this is an event specifically for developers at fintech companies. Perfect. Are there any newsletters and podcasts that we know are specifically targeted to this industry? Are there any websites that they're visiting? So once we gather all that information, now we need to start creating some offers. So what do we do? What sort of message can we put in front of them that will be interesting and will give us a way to introduce ourselves to them? So whether it's uh, running a workshop at at the event, or maybe we want to place an ad on the podcast, or maybe we want to write a blog that we want to promote in some of these newsletters. And then it's multiple touch points. So Right. Like, so I, I described three different examples here, but you just kind of have to keep doing it. For example, if we went to the event, now that we have the contact information for the people that went to the event and attended our workshop, what other resources can we send them via email that will continue to educate them about our value prop? If they came to our website because maybe they clicked on that newsletter ad, what can we do to? retarget them with additional resources to get them to engage with us more. And then finally, give them a place to convert, right? So again, going back to those offers, whether you are in a traditional go-to-market or in a product-led growth go-to-market strategy, just giving them a place where they can have that final interaction with you and then measure results. That's the biggest one, right? Like understanding what worked, what didn't, so that when you launch your next campaign, you can take those learnings. So as a marketer, do you primarily focus on new clients or you also have some activities for existing clients? Oh, existing clients is extremely important. There was this concept of the bow tie funnel. So if we think about, you know, the traditional funnel where you generate a lead and it ends when the sales sales has completed, the bow tie funnel expands beyond that to say, okay, now that this person has become a customer, how do we make sure that they have a successful onboarding, that they have everything they need and they're happy and give them a way to become an an evangelist for the company. So I think that working closely with customer success is extremely important um, and making sure that your customers are happy because there is no better marketing than word of mouth. So you want to make sure that your customers are happy and they're telling their friends about you. 
Well, when it comes to existing clients, do you have certain campaigns or you don't really create anything like that? It's more of the natural interaction, make sure that their experience is great. You can. I mean, it depends on the on the stage of the company, right? If you're if you're early stage, you probably want to put some marketing resources to make sure that they have a, a smooth and successful onboarding, that they have a path to provide feedback and maybe like feature requests. And traditionally that's done by like a post-sales team, whether it's customer success or account managers and and also with the product team, but marketing can help provide resources in those areas. And then as your company grows, there's ways to maybe do some training sessions like a lunch and learn, or maybe there's ways to get a group of customers together. So this is where you'll see companies having user conferences, like just bringing people together so they can share their story, share their learnings and really meet their peers that are using their product. You mentioned a couple of times that for demand generation, you tend to research what resources your potential clients use. You mentioned podcasts and uh, newsletters. Can you name a few that your particular prospects tend to gravitate towards? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still researching, right? Especially because there's so many. I love the change log. Um, I really like what they do there. Last week in AWS is is fantastic. They also recently just launched a Meanwhile in Security that is a podcast that focuses on security, which is uh, also really great. Software Engineering Daily is another podcast. We happen to launch our own podcast too. So um, for people that are interested in learning about security, we're growing our own audience um yeah well Andalia, thank you very much for your time i appreciate it thank you for having me